My name is Caleb. I am glad you're here this evening. We're actually wrapping up a series called Culture Shift. We've been talking about it for the past um, three weeks, and it's really looking at uh, this thought of, of that generosity can really change our culture. Um, see, if you're unaware or, or don't recognize it, hopefully you do tonight, is that uh, we live in a very selfish um, and prideful culture that our, our culture is uh, all about self and what we can gain and, and all about how we put ourselves first. You hear it, people all the time, they're like, hey, this year, this year, this is me. This year is about me. I'm gonna put me first. Everyone else looks at them and they say, that's right, you do you, girl, you deserve it. Right, like, they, they like, like um, encourage the selfishness. And then there's like this pride issue that we don't want anyone else to know when we're hurting. We don't want anyone else to know when we're struggling. We don't want anyone else to know when we, we have need because that would make us look weak. And so never in humility will we come to someone and say, man, I, I need help. But rather, we want to act like we have it all together and we expect everyone else to act like they have it all together. That's our culture. And it's a culture that I told you last week <clears throat> that separates us. See, I've told you this the last couple weeks that you are the most connected generation and yet you are the loneliest generation because your connections aren't real. They're based on this fan, social media, how can I use you to make me feel good about me? They're not all real. Not saying you don't have real friends, but a large majority of us are very connected but also very lonely. See, and that's the result of selfishness and pride. It's because what selfishness does, and I told you this last week, what selfishness does is it isolates others. When you decide to not help someone out, when you decide to not um, care about anyone else, you isolate them, you, you cast them aside. When you have your group of friends and you see that person standing over there and you don't invite them in selfishly, Pridefully, you isolate them. Selfishness isolates others, and pride isolates you. When you are too prideful to admit you're wrong, and so you cut a relationship off, when you are too prideful to ask for help and not be vulnerable, when you are too prideful to have any kind of humility, you isolate yourself. So we live in a culture that's selfish, which isolates others, and prideful, which isolates us, and it makes us then connected, but very lonely. <laughs> and what I've been challenging you with over the last few weeks, and I still fully 100% believe it, is that in fact you have an opportunity and you are in a position that you can change that culture with at least the people around you. And when they get a taste of a changed culture that's not based on selfishness, not based on pride, I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what your friends are gonna do when they taste that. They're gonna begin to act the same and they're gonna begin to change culture in the circles they're in that you're not. That you have an opportunity to create a ripple effect across Chesapeake, across Great Bridge, Hickory, Deep Creek, Grassfield, Indian River, Oscar Smith, like across this place. If you said, you know what, I wanna choose to not live selfish and not live prideful, and the way you do that is by choosing to live generous. 
It's choosing to be generous with the words you choose to share with other people around you. It's choosing to be generous with the resources and maybe even the money you have. It's choosing to be generous with your time and spending your time in a way that isn't all about you. It's choosing to be generous, which we're gonna talk about, with the things that you're good at, the talents you might have. Now, here's the problem. Before I can encourage you to go and be generous with those things and be generous with your talents, you first have to know that you have talents. You've got to understand, and I need you to hear this, that God has made you. The Bible says that he knitted you together in your mother's womb, that he knew you before you were born, that he is not a God who messes up. He's not one who screws up. He's not one who looks at you and says, oh man, that was a mistake. No, he says, I've created you beautifully and wonderfully. That I've created you perfect with perfect talents and perfect abilities. That if your ways align with my ways, you're gonna realize, hear it, that your perfect talents and your perfect abilities that you may not even recognize actually serve a really great purpose. You gotta realize you got it. You gotta realize you, he made you that way. But our habit is to deflect. When someone says, man, I heard you singing, you got a beautiful voice. Your habit is to say, no, you didn't hear me singing. I'm awful. Hey, man, wow, you, you really are an organized person. You're going to be like, no, 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 you don't really know the messes that I deal with, that I really got. I mean, you really got an eye for photography. Eh, it's not really that great. I built a coffee table in my house and, and people were like, man, that coffee table looks great. And my knee jerk, my automatic reaction is to say, yeah, but man, look at this screw up. I'm really not that great. Like, it's kind of messed up. Look close, you're gonna see it. Instead of just saying, hey, thanks, man. Like, yeah, I didn't really know I was that good at it, but I, I did a good job. Like, thank you. Instead of recognizing the talents, We want to deflect them. You've got to begin to come to a place where you realize that God has created you specifically and purposefully. And he's given you certain talents and abilities that you would use and be generous with them. And it's okay to recognize them. You don't have to to brag about it to recognize it. For instance, what I realized about myself growing up is that I could lighten about any situation. Like, I could lighten the mood. Like, I could be at a death scene and I guarantee I could make someone laugh. That's not the greatest thing. Like, not always people want to laugh, but like, that's my go-to. But it's like this ability that, that, that God has just given me, that I have this ability that I can go to kind of somber and sad places and I can lighten the mood a little bit. I can bring a little bit of joy into a very dark or hard situation. I don't know why is my, my brain's messed up. Like, I don't know, God just made it that way. <laughs> it's just, but, but, but it's served in many situations, especially as I have to walk through with students through some hard times in life that I can bring just a little bit of relief in the hardest situation. And God just gifted me that way. And I don't say that to, to point me out. I say that to say, hey, you've been gifted in a similar way. That God didn't make me and say, oh, Caleb, man, he's 
Uh, no, no, not at all. God said, no, you're completely average. In fact, you made C's in school and you never made a varsity team. You're on the middle of everything. You graduate your high school class at 450 out of 900 people. I am in the middle of the line. That he has given you specific gifts just like he's given me. And so here's what I want to do. I want to spend just a minute. I want you to come up here. I want you to grab one of these Uno cards, and I want you to grab a marker. You're going to go back to your seat. You're going to sit down, and I just want you to write on it. No one's going to take the card. No one's going to read the card. You have it for you. What is one area of your life where you think, man, maybe God has really gifted me in this place? And I just want you to write on the card. You're going to keep the card. Now, here's the deal. If you write on that card, uh, butt farts, like... That's your loss, right? You can write anything on the card and like whatever, you're gonna take it home, it's gonna be a waste of your time. So if you treat it that way, go ahead, that's the way you're gonna treat it, you're gonna gonna ruin tonight. But I encourage you, so right now I'm gonna ask you, just go ahead and get up, grab a Uno card, grab a marker, sit back down. There's kinda, they're kinda spread around. You're gonna sit down and you're gonna write one area that you feel like you are talented. One area you feel like you are talented. One area you feel you are talented. Maybe your gift is you can talk to anyone. Maybe your gift is you are artistic. Maybe your gift is you're athletic. Yep. So, all right, here it is. Before you write something you don't know, you're going to write on your card one area in your life you think, maybe God has gifted me here. Here's one area that I, that I recognize comes kind of naturally to me. Maybe that is your athletic. Maybe that is your artistic. Maybe that is you can talk to anyone. Maybe that is that you, um, you, you're, you're a funny person. Maybe, maybe that is like, like you, you have, you care a lot for people. You can care for people easily. They're like, that's a big deal for you. You recognize when people are hurting, like that's a gift. That when no one else sees it, you seem to go up to people and say, man, are you okay? And they say, actually, no, I'm not. And you know, they haven't talked to anyone else and no one else has called them on it. What's one area of your life you're like, man, maybe God gifted me at this. Now you want to hold your marker. Don't bring your marker back. Once you've done that, I want you to put your Uno card and your marker right underneath your chair. Put it underneath the chair. Just set it right under. Don't let it be a distraction. Don't let it bug you. Put it right underneath your chair. I'm going to pray for us real quick. If you couldn't think of anything, don't just write something dumb. Just leave it blank for a second. Leave it blank. I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for these students. Thank you for this opportunity. God, you, um, in your goodness and in your mercy and your grace, have done a mighty work by creating us. God, we are often so sinful. God, we rebel against you constantly, but yet you continue to love us and you continue to stick with us. And God, we are thankful for that and we are in great debt for that. And so God, we thank you for Jesus. 
God, right now, um, for my brothers and sisters in here, Lord, I ask that if they can't think of a way, Lord, that they are in such a pit, they can't, they just can't think of a way that maybe you have gifted them, Lord, I ask that you just bring it to mind. That they, that they would know clearly, that you would kind of just whisper that in uh, to their mind, to their heart, of, of how you're at work, how you have gifted them in a way that, that um, they can leverage for your kingdom, your glory, Lord, that you would uh, just, just let them know that, God, that you would, you would do that here right now in this time. Lord, be with us. Speak through your word. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what 2 Corinthians says. 2 Corinthians is a book that Paul was writing to the church of Corinth, and he was talking them to them about being generous, about giving. And here's what he says. He starts um, verse nine, uh, I mean chapter nine, verse six. He says, the point is this. Now here, you need to understand, if you ever see a therefore, or you see the point is this, like that's even more evident, then you gotta know that he had a whole big conversation before that. And so it would be to your benefit if this week or tonight you go back and you say, okay, let me, let me read all of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You can get that on your Bible app um, on your phone so that you would go back and see that. But here, I'm going to pick up right here. He says, the point is this. He says, the person who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will reap generously. This is like a really simple idea. He says, hey, those who work hard will make a lot. And those who do not work hard will not make a lot. The word sow means to sow seed into dirt. It means just basically to plant crops. He says the one who plants a lot of seeds will have a large crop. The one who does not do the work to plant a lot of, of, of seed will have a very small crop. Pretty simple idea, not that big, but it's more than that. He says there's a, there's a right attitude. See, you need to understand that Paul's not talking about farming. Paul's talking about the attitude in which we live our lives and the way in which we use the things at our disposal. That means our ability to work hard. That means our gifts, our talents, our resources, our time. He says all those things... He says, the one who sows sparingly, who, who's greedy with it, who's selfish with it, will reap very little. But the one who sows generously, is generous with the things that God has given him, that person will reap generously, will receive great reward. He says, but here's the attitude. He says that each person should do as he has decided in his heart. That it should be a place where you are okay in your heart. Like, man, okay, I am good with this. He says, not reluctantly. Eyes right here. Not reluctantly. We're out of compulsion since God loves a cheerful giver. This word cheerful actually means um, Greek. Which is where we get the Greek word, or, or from Greek, the English word hilarious. This word cheerful is hilarious. Like a hilarious giver. Like someone who gives with such joy that it is hilarious to them, that they love it that much, as much as you love to laugh, as much as you love something hilarious, he says, man, that should be the heart of the person who sows generously, that they should give with a cheerful or a hilarious heart. 
You're thinking it is just the, the greatest. He says, man, that's how it should happen. He goes on. He says, and God is able to make, listen, listen, this is a really cool promise. Like, this, these are promises from God. Like, listen. He says, and God is able to make every grace overflow to you. What a grace is. What he means by that. He says, everything that you do not deserve, but that is good. He says, God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in good works. He says, the one, so here it is. He goes, hey, here's the deal. The one who sows generously will reap generously. The one who gives and and uses their resources generously, you'll reap generously. But you gotta do it with a joyful heart. It's not something where you're like, man, I freaking hate this. I'm just going to do it. He says, no, but you do it like, man, this is amazing. God has given me these resources and I want to give them out. I want to use them. And here's what he says. He says, and when you do that, God will give, make grace overflow all the things you don't deserve. He says, man, he will give that to you and you will receive everything you need so that you may excel in every good work. He says, when you give generously, God says, and I promise that you just continue to give. You continue to use the resources I've given you, and I will continue to give you everything you need. See, most of the time what stops us from giving generously is we say, wait, do I have enough time for me? Do I have enough money for me? Do I have enough uh, resources for me? Do I have enough reputation to make myself look good? He says, man, don't worry. I'm gonna give you everything you need so that you can excel in good work. Not so you can do a couple of good things or just a little bit of good stuff. He says, no, no, I'm gonna give you all that you need. I'm gonna give you the opportunity. I'm gonna give you the vocal strength. I'm gonna give you the compassion. I'm gonna give you the energy so that you may excel in it. That it's not something you gotta come up with on your own. But God says, no, 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 you have a freedom here. You're not bondage to the world's limits. He says, no, nah, man, you've been freed. Then I'll give you whatever you need so that you may excel in these good works. This is really cool. Like, this is a, a really good thing. He says, man, give generously. It's an encouragement with a promise. He says, give generously, and the Lord will supply you with the things that he wants you to be generous with. But here's what it's not a promise. It's not a promise that you're going to get rich. I just want to clarify that. This isn't a promise that that you're going to get rich on material things. But what he does mean is that when we practice generosity, we will have what we need when we need it. I need you to hear that. That when we practice generosity, he will give us what we need when we need it. The things that he promises to give us are the skills, the resources, the time, the energy. He says, man, where I'm calling you, I will supply it for you. Man, I'm calling you to be a friend to the friendless in your school. And you're like, man, but that means I got to leave my group. That means I got to get out of my comfort zone. And he says, man, I'm going to supply you with the courage, right? Just trust me. Just take the first step and I'll give you the energy to take the next step. 
but I don't know what to say. He says, just trust me. I'll give you the words to say. You don't need to think of that. Just trust me. I'm at work in their heart already if you would just be generous with the ability I gave you to be an encourager. He says, man, I'm calling you out. And I will supply everything so that you may excel in those good works. Not fail in those good works, but excel in those good works. And that's encouraging. He says, and as he closes in nine right here, and he says, and as it's written, he distributed freely. This is Jesus. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And he says, man, this is just like Jesus did. This is just like Jesus did. But here's the deal. <clears throat> here's the deal. I want you to understand this. So I'm talking about being generous. But there's a lot of you in here who have big doubts about who God is. And if you don't have big doubts about who God is, you're like, I get it. God is, is the God of the universe. I get Jesus. He is my Savior. I place my faith in Him. I get that. But I don't really know Him that well. I don't really understand his plans for me. I don't really understand my purpose. Like if you are like me when I was in high school, that's where you are. Or a majority of you are. But here's the, the, the thing I love about being generous with our things in this way, sacrificially. Is that it allows us an opportunity to understand and grow in our relationship with God. Hear me. When we decide to be generous with the things God gives us, it allows us an opportunity to understand his character. When we are so generous, listen, when we are so generous that we become dependent on God, we're like, God, I don't know what to do here at all. God, I don't know how, what to say. God, I don't know how to stand under this pressure. God, I don't know how to share Jesus with the people on my team, but I'm going to do it. And I need you, when we live dependently, hear me, then you understand and see the character of God. Here's what I mean. I want you to think about your parents. You know that your parents are either good, bad, or all right because of how they treated you when you were completely dependent on them. When you were completely dependent on your parents, when you were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and you were hungry, and you said, mom, I'm hungry, and she gave you food. Dad, I'm hungry, and he gave you food. Man, I need clothes. I'm cold, and they gave you a jacket. They wrapped you in a blanket. They gave you a hug. When you were sad, and they held you, and they helped you. When all of these things happened in your life, and the way they treated you, maybe they abandoned you. Maybe they ran from you. Maybe they beat you. I don't know what they did to you, but what I do know is when you were completely dependent on them, you realized and found out and discovered their character. You discovered whether they're good or bad or indifferent. And the same goes for God. Is that when we live in a way where we are completely dependent on him, God, I cannot do this myself. Then we put him in a position to show us his character. And what we know about God's character from time-tested proof is that he's good and that he doesn't fail and that he can hold our deepest concerns and help us in our deepest times of need. That we see his character when we learn to live in a dependent way and trust him. That he reveals it. It's such a cool thing. But it's something that takes us saying, God, okay, I'm gonna step out and trust you. Because it's so easy to live scared. 
But when we do, generosity becomes a thing that is not something that we do, but it becomes who we are. That we become generous people. We become people who are people of generosity, who change culture, who say, I'm no longer living selfish. I'm no longer just focused on me. I don't care what my friends encourage me to do. I don't care what they're doing. I'm willing to break all ties if they're willing to live selfishly and for themselves for the sake of living generously. God, I need new friends. I just cut all ties. God, I'm completely dependent on you. Watch him hold his end of the bargain up and bring the right people around you. And there is freedom. The coolest part is that you're not just living generously to live generously, but you are living in a greater purpose that is a purpose for eternity. In verse 10, he says, now the one who provides seed to the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. He says, you will be enriched with all generosity. And so he's talking to these people and these people are supposed to, they said, hey, when you send um, the missionaries to us, we have a big gift for them. We want to supply them with their needs so they can continue to share the gospel. And so this church in Corinth, like they promised that. And so Paul's writing them and he's saying, hey man, you remember that gift? Don't forget. Don't forget God's promise when you're generous. Like don't forget you're doing something great. And then this is what he says. And when you do it, when you do that, It will produce a thanksgiving to God through us. That what your actions will produce us a thanksgiving towards God. That we will praise God of the universe because of your generosity. That when we are generous, we give people a little taste of grace. A little taste of what Jesus is like. That when they come to a place where they see God and understand who Jesus is, that they may then produce, it may produce a thanksgiving of praise to God because of our generosity. He says, man, that's the result of this kind of generosity. That's the result. See, this is cool. And here's what's cool. God's inviting you in to something much bigger and something much greater He's inviting you in to be a part of something that that you couldn't do on your own. That if you have resources, if you have talents, if you have any kind of time, if you can speak words, then he's calling you to use those things generously for a greater purpose. He's gifted you that you would be a part of something bigger and you have the opportunity and you have the opportunity when you leave here you have the opportunity when you stand up from here when I'm done that you have the opportunity to be generous man to say man I'm going to encourage someone I'm going to look for someone man I'm going to use what God has given me man to do something greater And the end result is that I will draw closer to who God is. That I will understand his character. My son, 
and I'm going to kind of close with this. I'm going to read one little passage in just a minute, but I want you to think about this for a minute. My son, uh, he is uh, terrified of putting his face underwater. I don't know what it is. Like, he is just like, he goes through these cycles where he is so scared about putting his face underwater. He gets water in his eyes, he loses his mind. And so we were at the pool one day, and he's standing on the edge. He's got his life jacket, and I'm in the pool, and I'm saying, hey, buddy, jump to me. I'm going to catch you. And he looks at me, and he says, no, 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 Dad, no. Uh, No, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, bro, why are you using such big grammar? You're like three. And he's like, no, sir. I will not jump into this pool. And I was like, no, I got you. I'm going to catch you. And he says, no, like I can't. See, my son didn't trust me. He didn't trust that, that I would catch him. Now, here's the deal. I have never dropped him before. He never tried, and I slipped up, and he fell into the water. Like none of that had ever happened before. But he was more scared of that water despite how all the trust that I had built with him over other things. See, but he had never come to this place where he was going to jump in and I was going to catch him and keep him from going under. But then it came time for it. It came time for him to to take the leap, to, to stand on the edge and to jump in. And I was calling him in and he was hesitating. And finally he jumps in and I catch him and it all goes well. I put him back on the edge. He gets back up in a little less negotiation than before he jumps in again and I catch him. I put him back on the edge. He does it again. And a little less than that time, I catch him. By the end, he was asking, hey, are you ready, daddy? Are you ready? I'm jumping in. Are you ready? And I would say, yeah, I'm ready. And he would jump in before I could even get my hands up. That every time he did it, he could trust me a little bit more because the last experience showed him that I was trustworthy. That I believe that God is calling you. He says, I've given you talents. I've given you a purpose. I've called you my own for those in here who have placed their faith in Jesus. He says, I've given you a new identity. You're not your own. And what I'm calling you to do now is take a step off the ledge and trust me, I'm going to catch you. I know you've never done it before. I know you're freaking out. I know that looks crazy to you and your high school plans may have just got really messed up because I'm calling you to live generous and I'm calling you to live different. He says, but I'm going to catch you, that I got you, and the thrill of that jump is going to be super exciting. I know it seems scary now, but it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so cool. You're going to experience so much, and the next time I call you off a little bit bigger ledge, it's going to be a little bit easier because you know I'm going to catch you, and that's how we walk with Jesus, is realizing he's calling you off into something that you really can't handle on your own. He's saying, man, but I'm calling you to be generous, to make an impact in this world that you couldn't make on your own. But to trust me, because I'm going to catch you. I think God is calling you to do the thing that's scary, to talk to the person you don't want to, to use your words to encourage, to use your time for someone else, to give your money, maybe to the church, maybe it's a call to start tithing, to say, God, I want you to use my money for something greater than I could ever do or spend on my own. He's calling you to use what you're good at to leverage what he's trying to do in this world and what he wants to do in this world. 
And so here's what I want you to do as we close. I want you to take that card back out. I want you to take that card back out. And here's what I want you to write on it. Who is the person or the people that God is calling you to be generous with? Who in your life is the one, hence the uno, who's the one? Or what team is the one? God says, man, I put you on this team. I've put you in this place. I've given you these abilities and these gifts that you may be a person of love and a person of grace, that you may use your talents and your words and your gifts that they may benefit. Who's your one? This isn't your best friend. This isn't the people you hang out with. Luke 6 says this. We're not going to sing or anything. I'm just going to read the scripture. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to go. So band, don't worry about it. But this is what Luke 6 says. He says, but I say to you who listen, love your enemies, do what is good for those who hate you. This is Jesus speaking. He says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other also. He doesn't say punch him back. He says, offer the other also. He says, and if anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks you, and from someone who takes your things, don't ask for them back. Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Listen. He says, even sinners love those who love them. He says, but if you do good, but if you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. He says, and if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to be, re- to be repaid in full. But hear it. Here it is. And this is where I'm closing. He says, but love your enemies. Do what is good and lend expecting nothing in return. He says, and then your reward. Listen, listen. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High. For he is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful. Man, here's my challenge. Be merciful. Just as your father is also merciful. Bow your heads. I don't know what you wrote. I don't know whose name, what team, what place, what person you wrote on that. I don't know what talent, what gift, what ability that God has given you that you may have written on that card. Now here's the thing, that card's not sealed, that you can always edit that card, that you can always write more on that card. But here's what I know is that God is calling you more than straight, to more than straight A's. God is calling you to more than varsity teams. God is calling you to more than uh, college scholarships. God is calling you to more than proms and girlfriends and boyfriends. And God is calling you to bigger. God is calling you to be people who say, man, I want to change culture. I want people to experience grace and love 
and mercy and forgiveness. And I'm gonna be a person who brings Jesus and the attributes of Jesus right into their life. That he's gifted you and he's made you able. To what extent will you go if you know God is calling you to be generous in a way that changes the world of the people around you? God, I thank you for gifting us. I thank you for your encouragement. God, give us the courage to jump off the ledge. God, help us to believe. Give us the faith to believe that, God, you catch us, that you provide for our needs, that you bring the right friendships, that you bring the right words, that you bring the right resources, and, God, you've given us the right talents to love our friends and our enemies well. God, walk with us this week. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, y'all have a good week. I'll see you on Wednesday. 122 Ashley. Please bring your markers back up here. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you.